Welcome back. Today, I'm getting naked with Matt Gagnon. Matt is a believer in comeback stories and the power of routines. Professionally, Matt is the founder of Atomic Mornings and Matt Gagnon Coaching. He's also a TEDx speaker, an author twice over, and a rule breaker who is faith-fueled and, my favorite, living with a courageous heart. Hey, Matt. Welcome. Howdy. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh, just want to dive right in if you don't mind. Let's do it. Cool. I um, read your, your longer bio, your speaker bio, mm -hmm. and rather than just saying it all here, yeah. I, I would rather have you tell us um, like how you got to be who you are now. What was the setup for your comeback? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. I try and always find like one chapter of life that kind of encapsulates all of that. Um, if people get a chance, they can see my TED talk and that'll kind of cover my 20s. So I'll really spend time just kind of talking about the 30s then. Um, okay. It's taking me now to my 40s. But uh, basically what happened is my son was born in 2013. I had already been through a series of health issues and a litany of stuff in my 20s. But my son being born, that was a super big challenge. Like he didn't know if he was going to make it into this world. Uh, and uh, he did. And it was a beautiful thing. Uh, I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. And my dad came down from Maine. He was there. It, it was finally really something special. And then a month after that, my dad passed away, like instantly from a heart attack. And I lost my best friend. Wow. And, um, you know, that was, that's, that still rocks my world. It's, you know, been 10 years, but, um, that was like one of the first things that kicked off. And then the second thing happening was, you know, my health started declining and I was burning out. I was falling apart and I was this emptiness inside of like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And the, the third thing that really happened was I did, I did start doing this coaching program. I went to the Coaches Training Institute and I started figuring out there's something there for me. So there were three things there that kind of kicked stuff off. But at the root of it, I realized like I'd always wanted to be a, like someone who served other people. I was in corporate retail for 15 years and I did well in that because I built successful teams because I took care of my people and because I yeah. took care of them and invested in them. We made money and it was the same thing in high school. I look back at some of my mission statements from when I was in high school. I still had that stuff and it was all about helping other people and serving other people, peer mediation, all of that stuff. So I just forgot about it for many years and then I finally put the pieces together, but it took almost losing everything um, where I was so sick with all these chronic illnesses going on disability and having a brand new home built you know, having an infant son, uh, uh, just a single income coming in and a negative bank account because of like hospital bills, it was brutal and still having a great salary, but not feeling like I could enjoy it. Um, and then now I'm out of, I'm out of the job because I, I'm not healthy enough to do it. And so that's what, that's what put me in a corner to build something of my own. And I did, I, I built a business out of nothing. And I only used a LinkedIn page because I couldn't afford anything else. 
uh, no website, uh-huh. nothing else. Yeah. I found a way to pay for the rest of the coaching school by negotiating with them and working for the, the school. You get really super creative and resourceful when yeah. you're broke. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's kind of the essence of it. But I've chosen to use all of my experiences um, that I've been through uh, to share those stories so that other people don't feel alone. Yeah. I've found a way to articulate those things in a way that can help people understand and relate and be a lighthouse and say, hey, you know, I don't have it together either. If you relate to this stuff, maybe I'm your person. I can help you through it. You know, mm-hmm. let's figure it out. So that's why I get to work with people who align with my values and I align with theirs and we build a very strong trust. Because let's face yeah. it, like there's a bajillion people out there that that do what I do. And the only the only thing that makes me different than someone else is just my value system might align with someone else's. Like I can't work mm-hmm. with everybody. I just want to work with the people that align that, that are my tribe, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a perfect fit. And if it's not, I'm going to help them find somebody who is. Yeah. I love that. I, um, <laughs> and you're right. The, I, I, um, the values alignment is a top, certainly having been in the field of serving, uh, service to others and in, in for many years, that's one of the things that just in recent years have I come to prioritize in my work, mm-hmm. the values alignment. So leading with values alignment rather than, you know, trying to to make like get the business and make it work and earn the income and like all of these things are extremely important, but it's not like a sustainable, uh, we can't sustain our high level of service to others if we're constantly battling at a values level. Yeah. So I love that you right. that you brought that up. What it, what are some of your top values? I'm glad you asked because that's the biggest problem I think is we can say values, but a lot of people don't know what they are. Um, mm-hmm. They say they do, but then I ask people like, well, what are your values? Well, uh, you know, honesty yeah. and stuff like, uh, but they don't really know them. You just think you do. Yeah. Values for me are, are, are different. You know, they, they, you know, I, I learned part of this from my training and uh, I like the idea of like aligning your values with activities and things that you've done in your life that bring out the absolute best of you. They're like a giant treasure chest and it can be named one thing and you open that box and it just does all of this stuff for you. And these are the things I had to go back to in life because if you don't know your values, you're going to fill those tanks with crap that doesn't belong in there. And that's when people get into addiction and pornography and buying stuff and, and all kinds of things to fill an instant gratification need. But you're really just needing your values because it's a yeah. sustainable, long-burning fuel. So for me, I went back to the fact that I forgot how much I love music and how much I love playing music. I for forever. I just gave up playing the guitar and I love it. I gave up singing. I gave up, you know, all of that stuff. I gave up listening to music. I have a huge vinyl collection, you know, playing music, performing for people. Cause I started late in life. I started a year ago. I started getting paid to play music. I never thought that would happen at 43. I, I could pay a mortgage now with that. It's amazing. But like to play music and perform, it helps me articulate emotions that my words just can't articulate. Like, that makes me a better human being. I'm more creative. I'm more grateful. I'm more grounded. Like I am a better father, like, because I've got my stuff out there, you know? And that's something that, again, just my words can't do justice to, but music can. Listening to music is about, so I, you know, uh, listening to music, I, I, I named that one 
you know, shine on you crazy diamond after a Pink Floyd song, because my dad gave me that album. And when I hear it, it, it takes me to emotional places. It lets me experience, not just articulate, but experience my emotions. And I could feel my dad's presence through that song. And so other music and other albums, they become the soundtrack of my life and they take me places and they allow me to just be still and be present to either take me to a beautiful memory, take me to the present and a feel, or just maybe taking me a few steps ahead, but allows me to have vision, you know, and I have another one that's uh, based on nature because I remember climbing a mountain in Colorado once when I was 30 years old, after going through an extreme uh, chapter in life, I had, you know, overcome a very toxic uh, mentor situation. I had overcome a suicide attempt. Um, and there I was on this mountain and I could see the entire world from up there. And I just remember how that connected me with my faith, how that connected me with, um, how small my problems really are. And opportunity was 360 degrees around me, not just the tunnel vision looking through a straw. I saw right. everything. And so those, just those three, there's three to five usually for most people, but just those alone, if life wasn't going well for me, I had to look at those and say, which one am I not doing right now? Yeah. You know, which one am I allowing myself to say, oh, I don't have time for that. Because if I say no to those values, and I'm saying yes to my stress. I'm saying yes to my illnesses. I'm saying yes to all the crap that I'm trying to like get rid of in my life. So I got to say yes to the things that fill my cup. It's not selfish. They really are self-care things. 15 minutes a week playing the piano or the uh, or singing or the guitar makes me a better human being. Why wouldn't I do that? You know, it's an investment yeah. that brings out the best of me that I can give to the people I love and they just don't get the what's left of me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Um, and for me, uh, I haven't done it yet this year. Um, but every year I revisit my, like, do a values assessment. Mm -hmm. And really consistently for well over a decade, there's, there's, there's two that are always on that list. And they are freedom and love. And there's, there you go. there's a reason I got them <laughs> right there. Um, but they, but the others have, as, as I've evolved and as I've matured, right? So the, the other values have evolved along with that. And, um, but I absolutely love that you, and I just want to, you know, drive a stake in this. In other words, put it like, set it down for anyone watching this, that, um, that if, if we are denying or um, dishonoring our own values, to your point, you will look to other things to sort of fill that void, what feels missing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is just not productive, not healthy, and can yeah. you know, be on the full, far end of that spectrum, and, and it could be destructive, in fact. So, Absolutely. Or sometimes yeah. it's uh, choosing a value that society thinks that you should have. You know, right. like, look, you right. should feel good playing golf because that's what guys do. And that should be fun for you. And it's like, no, I hate golf. I don't want to do that. It, it's stuff for you. And it's also yeah. about like, look, you can't climb a mountain every day. I know that, you know, even though nature is my thing, but I could take it at the smallest level and work by a window and at least be able to mm. see outside. I could take five minutes instead of scrolling through my phone and just walk outside and breathe some fresh air. There's all these tiny little things. You got to stop making damn excuses that you can't do your values. There's always time. If you can't take five minutes to do something that simple, you've got a bigger problem. Agreed.
Agreed. So earlier you mentioned, um, and in your bio, we talked about um, faith. So I'm curious about how faith guides your work. Yeah. You know, faith is a personal journey for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not something that should be crammed down people's throats. And um, I always love to ask, you know, new clients that I work with, what are your spiritual beliefs? And mm-hmm. I do get a response a lot of time is that I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm spiritual. And, yeah. and that's when I get curious. I'm like, what is it? What the hell does that mean? You know? And immediately what I know is like, what I hear is I hear you. God didn't hurt you. A church did some person mm-hmm. hurt you and I'm sorry, you know? Mm-hmm. And usually that's the story behind it. And I like to be a safe place where people can talk about faith and ask questions about faith without feeling threatened. Because right. I had to, I did my, my spiritual beliefs. They lean towards Christianity. I believe in God. And, and that's, that's my foundation. I love believing in something bigger than me and I'll work with anybody of any faith. As long as you do believe in something bigger than you, I don't care if you're a Jedi Knight, like that's fine. As long as you believe in something greater than you, mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's incredibly important. I also you know, gravitate towards that 12 step programs and, and step three for most programs, finding your higher power. Like, okay, it's what guides me through that stuff. And so uh, I have a, a scripture in my LinkedIn profile. And it's, I don't talk about what it means. I just leave it there. And that's for the curious. It's first Samuel 17, uh, 48, 42. Gosh, I forgot. Uh, but it's really simple. It just says David ran towards Goliath. That's it. And I mm-hmm. love that line. Because who runs towards a giant with just some stones in your hand and nobody likes you. No one on either side of the field likes you at all. And I love that. He just had a courageous heart for his faith, for God. And so he charged out there and he played, he broke the rules of war. He played the long game, not up close. Goliath was ready to fight with his sword and a shield. David's like, I'm not doing that. And he just threw some, (laughs) threw this rock, crushed him broke the rules. He wasn't a people pleaser either. He didn't wear the King's armor. And I love that. Cause he's like, I'm sorry, that's not my jam. I, I won't feel comfortable fighting in that. He looked like an idiot. He was willing to look like a fool because he had believed in something bigger than himself. And he went out there and it just made me think about what are the giants in my life that I should be running towards. And so that's huge for me. And I tell people I serve, like, I don't care if you believe in God or not, like whatever your faith is, this is a pretty cool story. And it just, I'm just asking you, what are the giants that you should be running towards? And you know what? You might be your own damn Goliath. And in one story, you might be David and someone else's story. You're their Goliath. We got to own that shit. And so that's really important. So faith for me is huge. I, I also trust my, I, I trust my discernment and my intuition when uh, I'm supposed to write. When I'm, when I'm choosing to post things online, the things I write, I don't go with what marketing says I should do. And I, I know algorithms and all that crap. And I don't work with that stuff. I'm like, oh, man, it's two in the morning. I need to post this. It's like something's telling me to post it now. Somebody needs to hear it. I don't care if two people like it or 10,000. doesn't matter. The people who are supposed to hear it, hear it. So I listen to that. And I'm obedient to it. I listen to what I hear when I'm in sessions and sometimes stuff hits me and I say stuff and I'm like, that doesn't feel like it came from me. Um, or I feel like, man, I don't know where this question's coming from, but I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to ask it. And beautiful shit happens when that, when that occurs. So 
that's uh, I tend to give a lot of my clients um, a gift where I give them um, a handmade slingshot that would have been the same style that David would have used back in, in that battle. And I also have um, a connection overseas and she goes into the Holy Land. She goes into the actual Valley of Elah where this battle took place and she finds me stones from that brook and she sends the actual rocks back to me. And so I give my clients in a nice wooden chest, this sling and this stone. I mean, there's no similar stone, but they're all like just over centuries. They've been smoothed out in these small like pebbles, like these boulders, like they're, they're decent size. Um, and I just put that scripture in there, like run towards your giants. And I love that. It's real. I hold that rock sometimes. And it just, it, it just, it's a beautiful reminder. Yes, I love that. I and that's so unique and it's so just di like divine. It's so perfect, right? For <clears throat> from you for you for, you know, that that connection in all the right. ways, all the ways that that is ex an authentic expression from you. you for your clients. That's really beautiful, Matt. Really beautiful. I appreciate it. And again, like I want to be a safe space for people to talk about faith. Like I didn't always have one and yeah, churches bothered me too. And, and, but then I realized like, I don't have to have one to have a relationship with God. I didn't need to be well-versed in the Bible to know God. Like it just started there with a relationship and then I just allowed it to grow and build. And then I got more interested in things and I, I educated myself more, but yeah. I had weird questions. I remember being in a prayer group in Texas with some some guys, some older guys, and I was asking questions like, "Why? Well, I, I don't understand why there were dinosaurs. The Bible doesn't really talk about that, I don't think. Like, why, where does that come? They looked at me like, it's time for you to leave the group. Like, it's just I would ask these questions and, and also like, hey, look, I, I know that sometimes it's overwhelming when you join a group and people are just spouting off scripture all the time, but no one's talking about how they're applying it to their lives. They just want yeah. to say the lines. And I'm like, well, how's that showing up in your life? Well, my situation's different. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so yeah. that's my take yeah, on it. I think it's real easy when it comes to things like the Bible and reading scripture. I think it's real easy to get lost in the overanalyzing and, you know, the legitimizing. Did this happen? What were the context? This, that, and the other yeah. versus like tuning in to the message that was intended to be conveyed yeah. and and in other words like for me it's a distinction between looking listening reading scripture through the logical analytical mind yeah. that is always looking for problems to solve and what's wrong here and what who was wrong here and those kinds of things right yeah. versus versus like think sitting sitting thinking into thinking down into, but also SY thinking, right, with the the meaning that the message that was meant to be conveyed heart to heart, right, from one heart, yeah. one wise, loving, compassionate heart to another. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know why we can't all be a little bit right about our beliefs. You know, it, no one no one knows the the real truth or the real answer. We're just doing our best here. And so yeah. I, I don't shoot anybody down for what they believe or, or what their jam is. That's fine. Do your thing. I'm just happy for you that you believe in something bigger than you. That's cool. So I'm never going to judge you for it. And mm -hmm. again, I just want people to have that safe space. And the best mm -hmm. part is I know 
a lot of people who have strong dissonance towards faith, but they love motivational quotes like so much. And I'm like, yeah, when you love is also there's scripture that says the same damn thing, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and that just messes with people, but that's fine. It, either way, like, again, I put it in my, my profile. I was scared to do that originally. Cause like, oh man, I'm going to alienate some people. People think I'm Bible thumping, but that's when I knew I had to put it in there. Cause I had all these thoughts about why I shouldn't. Yeah. I wrote a story about David and Goliath that same day and I decided to post it and I got 300 new followers in one day. And I was like, well, I crushed that myth, you know, and yeah. there are people still are. And I love nothing more than when people write to me like, Hey, I looked that up online and that's pretty interesting. What does that mean to you? I'm like, Oh, that's cool. You took time to Google that. That's not bad. So it's a value. Why should I hide my value? Yeah, exactly. I, um, you shouldn't, right? Because again, what you, what, who you want to pl play the game of life with or work with yeah. is are people that share your values. So, and you know what though? I, like the cool thing is, is I still get people who, who reach out to me and they're like, Hey, like, I don't want to talk about any religious stuff with you, but I like all your other things. And I'm like, that's great too. That's fine. Like, yeah. you don't have to relate to all of my stuff. Let's just find a few things that we can connect with, but eventually they might have some questions and I'll be ready for it. So yeah. I love that I can work with people who either have dissonance or resonance with it. And we still have a damn good time. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I've, like maybe like you recent relatively recently just in the last year maybe two years um i have been using the word god and speaking to some of those messages the way that i receive them interpret them and then yeah. share my interpretations right and um i've had a couple of clients have said i you know i see you using the word god in your marketing and things of that nature and so are you know what is your faith what is your religion and i'm like i i actually don't have right a single path i you know i have a, a background in the tantric philosophy the non-dual philosophy yep. which is not you know it's a, it's a it's a all-encompassing philosophy right. from the angle of consciousness and we could say christ consciousness or we could simply yeah. say you know universal mind you know what i mean the 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 it's it's um but i do see a lot of value and my my intention is to take from these various <clears throat> different traditions or schools of thought and collect Collectify, I don't know that, that whatever, but like turn it into something, <laughs> turn it into something for my own understanding, assimilate it in a way that I get it. And then it's like, like you, there's comes a time and a place where I feel inspired to share right. because just keeping it to myself, I mean, listen, I revel in knowing and receiving and, you know, experiencing peace and happiness. I revel in that. But I also, it's like you play music, like you can't keep that shit to yourself no. because of how much joy and, and satisfaction it brings to you to, you know, share. So That's the other thing too, like sharing it. That's an important thing. You, whatever you choose to believe in life, you were given gifts and who the hell are you to keep those to yourself? Like you were I given agree. gifts for a damn reason. And that's because not everybody has those gifts. So you have to share them. There are people out there that have gifts with numbers and they become accountants. I need those people because I hate that shit. I don't want to do it. And I'm grateful for their gift and I will pay yeah. them good money for it. It's just like, it's okay 
that people pay you to do your gift. That's you have it for a reason. Share it. Music for me, I didn't care if someone paid me or not, but not everybody can sing. Not everybody can play an instrument. If I can do both, that's even fewer people can do that. And so I choose to share that because it makes people happy and it takes them to a good place, you know, and especially if I'm not just singing regular bar songs that everybody loves, but if I choose songs that I know mean a lot to me, Mm -hmm. you know, I play songs again. It's just like the content I write. I write content that lights me up because I know that's going to light up my people. I sing songs. I create a playlist of songs that I, I put out there for people to choose from. Those are songs that I have a very strong personal connection with, and they're going to feel that shit when I play it. And that's going to make people remember that. I'd rather get one $20 tip than $21 tips because I know that one person was like, that was my, holy shit, that hit me. And they're going to tell everybody about that one song I did. That's memorable, and I want to connect with people. So, yeah, if you have a gift for anybody out there, whatever gift you have, and you're afraid to share it, you're hiding it, what, what are you doing? Like there are people out there that would love to experience your gift. So don't rob the world of that. It's okay. Get it out there. I don't care if it's, you can do the star spangled banner with your nostril humming. Like do it. It's fun. Like whatever. You'll find your people out there. That's why we have TikTok. Oh my God. I love that. And I absolutely agree. Okay. Question for you. I know that you're a pro you're a prolific speaker. Um, but if you could only speak about one topic, what would that one topic be? <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think we're kind of nailing it. it. It's probably right down to the values piece, too, because it's kind of like an overarching theme with all of my work, whether it's, okay. you know, working on social media or working on yourself or with routines like it ties into everything, uh, even with mental health. Like it's literally just a giant bucket for me um, that can cover anything. So if I was to filter it down even more, I think right now one of my hottest topics is talking about the power of morning routines. Um, and so I've been very passionate about that. I'm in a, and I'm very passionate about mental health. So the values is definitely the overarching bucket. That's where I'll, I'll start. But then, yeah, it filters down in the subtopics of that too. So there's a bajillion different stories I could focus on, but I try and pick one and drill that message home for people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's where I would lean towards. Okay. What, um, what routines have you put in place that you've made, that you've seen make a significant um, difference in your, yeah. in your personal world? Here's what transformed my life was five years ago, um, I was back in Maine again, uh, where I'm originally from, and we were living out in the middle of nowhere. Like we only had DSL, no cell phone reception. Like it was, it was shining territory. It was, it was, (laughs) it was winter and I was battling seasonal depression and I knew something had to change. And I kept having this story in my head of like, I'm a, I'm a night person. That's, I love nights. That's it. That's who I am. I hate mornings. I hate them. And then I was like, have I ever given mornings really a fair chance? Like I only get up early if I have a flight to take, you know, or I mm-hmm. have to be up for a reason. And then the other question was, is like, well, why do I stay in bed? And it just came down to staying in bed was because I was afraid of the expectations of the day. I had anxiety. I was like, mm-hmm. if I got up early and I didn't have stuff to do, then I'm like, well, um, then I'm just going to start thinking about all the shit that scares me and I don't want to mm-hmm. do. So I'd rather put that off thinking I'm delaying the day, like 
playing this psychological game. I'm not. All I'd end up doing is tucking and rolling out of bed at the last second and bulldozing into my day. And that wasn't working at all. So I just said, well, I remember a time when I was 15 and I spent an entire summer getting up early and I had this whole routine and that was amazing. I remember I was living my best life. It's not just because I was 15. It was this routine that I had. And so I was like, I can do that again. So I picked 4.30 as my time. I'm going to get up every day for 30 days at 4.30 a.m. And if you want to see the whole video diary of it, it's on my LinkedIn page. It's good, bad, and the ugly. But Mm -hmm. um, it was never meant to be a program. It was never meant to be documented. It was by accident because the first time I woke up, I was like, you know, I'll just throw on Instagram live and just see who's out there. And I did. And then I was like, oh, shit. Now I've told everybody. Now I have to stay accountable. So I changed my approach to this with the morning routines. I'm an extreme person. I love saying, oh, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to work out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to journal. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And then I don't do one of those things. I'm like, screw it. I'm not doing any of this shit. Um, And I give up. This time I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to be cool with getting up. I don't care. I don't have any expectations after that. I'm just going to get up. I'll sit on the end of the couch with my mouth hanging open and just just stare into the abyss. Like that was still going to be a win. I was going to be proud of that. And so I went into it not really creating anything. I just organically let things happen. And I was like, man, that first day I chose to go to the gym. I wasn't going to be mad if I didn't. I was just grateful to be up. And I went, I was like, oh, this feels cool. And then the next day I got up again and I made, I I made a fire in the fireplace. I was like, this feels really nice and, and relaxing. It's quiet. And after like four days, I started craving like something to do every morning. I was like, all right, every morning I want to make this fire. I like making this fire. I'm going to enjoy that for 15 minutes, you know, and enjoy sitting by the fire. And then I want to go to the gym, you know, and the gym was like 30 minutes away, depending on the weather, because the the snowing condition, snow and ice and all that stuff. But I was like, I started craving. I was like, man, the gym is working. I want to, I want to eat better. And then I was like, you know what? I feel like reading again. I want to read. And so I started reading books. I never read books. Like I just don't, but I wanted to read, you know, I wanted to read like, you know, Harry Potter I chose to, because I never like, never read the books. I never saw all the movies. I was like, I always read self-help books. I want to read something like fantasy and just take me someplace. And it did. It was super cool reading. I started feeling more clarity during my day. And I started having to go to bed early. Like I never made any excuses. I was like, no matter how late I stay up, I have to get up at the same time. I have to take accountability. Because if I stay up late and say, well, geez, I really need my eight hours. um, Then I've given myself wiggle room to not do my, my routine. I need to take accountability get my ass up and then be like, you know what? Uh, I'm probably going to need to take a nap today and that's fine. I'll do that. But what do I need to do to get myself to bed early again? So bottom line is I learned that all the crap I said about my night times was just excuses and a lie. The whole story of like, well, I'm more creative at night. No bullshit. I'm always creative. I'm always creative. It's just, when do I create time for it? I was creative in the mornings too. The difference is, is at night, you say, I'm going to do this at night. Everyone's going to go to bed and then I'm going to work on this stuff. And instead I tool around on my phone and watch Netflix and eat bad food. Like you eat bad food at night because your body is starving to like for sleep. 
And if you choose to stay up instead, your body's like, well, dude, we're going to need some carbs and sugars if you're going to keep us up. Like we need instant fuel. Then you feel like crap, you know, and then you don't end up doing the stuff you say you're going to do. And you're like, I'm going to get up early tomorrow instead and do that. And you don't wake up early. And then you feel ashamed because you're falling behind. I'm done with that crap. I don't want to do that. So instead, instead of my productivity crashing at night, as I'm trying to say, I'm going to do work, get up early. My productivity only ramps up. Like I'm going in a day already better and I'm going to bed with less stress. And so by 12 o'clock, I'm crushing my day. And so, yeah, it completely changed my life. I had no idea it would turn into a business. That blew my mind. It turned into a side business, Atomic Mornings. Somebody wrote to me uh, by day 25, I got a message from somebody. Um, it, he openly tells the story. His name's Ryan Gill. And he saw it and he wrote to me, said, hey, congrats on your morning routine. I love it. I run some companies. You know, I've, I've been successful, but mornings are my Achilles heel. I could be so much better if I could tackle that. I'd love to sign up for your program. And I was like, absolutely, man, let's do that. And I was like, I don't have a program. Yeah. And so, but I said yes, and I made one for him. And yeah. he was client one. And that yeah. relationship changed my life too forever. Because that one guy you know, was running like one of the biggest leadership summits in, you know, from Forbes magazine that, you know, rated number one in uh, Banff out in Alberta, like the gathering. And he introduced mm -hmm. me to that. And so like, we became good friends over the years. And then the business just exploded as just this small thing of helping people reclaim their calendar and take their life back by doing their values in the morning. So there was yeah. a little bit of coaching, a little bit of consulting, but daily accountability. Mm. And the most important thing is it's not about just the damn routine because no. a lot of people sign up for that. They're like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I want to have this routine. Great. I'll help you do that. There's a couple of rules. One, you're not getting up early to, to work more. You're not doing that. You get up early and you're going to pick your own number. You don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to be a successful human being. You don't have to wake up at 4.30. Pick a number that's personal to you. How much time do you want to yourself every day before everyone else gets up? And then we'll figure out what to do with it. It's not selfish. Though mm -hmm. so the whole point is, is that you'll be more effective and efficient in your day instead of just being busy all day. I want you to be productive. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest things that comes out of it is, is emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece people don't expect. And normally if I advertise that, no one will sign up for it because no one wants to do vulnerability and talk about their feelings in the morning. But look, if you listen to this, that's what's going to happen. And it's yeah. a different approach. I'll ask yeah. everybody on our daily, on our morning call, when you choose to wake up, what are you aware of physically and emotionally? What do you feel in here? And people are like, it's 5 a.m., dude. I don't know what that feel. Then stop and be still. What do you feel in your body? Feel some tightness in your chest? Like, they'll tell me, like, I feel a little sore. Like, all right. And talk to me about, like, what are you aware of emotionally? Because I'm like, if you don't know how you feel emotionally, I guarantee mm -hmm. you everybody else in your day will. So you mm -hmm. might as well figure it out. And if you're feeling something now and you're educated on how you feel, you're now empowered to do something with it. So instead of just bulldozing out of bed, not knowing how you feel, take a moment. Have some emotional awareness. It's empowering. It makes you a stronger human being knowing how you feel. And so we take action with that. And that's been one of the most beautiful processes through this whole thing 
is watching people have more self-awareness, more emotional awareness, and the ability to do something with that and the ability to now take control of their lives again when they kept telling themselves this story. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to create it. Stop trying to find it and just create the time. You'll find mm-hmm. you'll find a way to create time for a conference call. Like if there's a mandatory call, your boss is like, hey, you have a conference call. Like you'll find a way. You'll cancel appointments for it. You know, you'll find a way. So just treat it as if it's just as important as a work thing. Because it is. Because yeah. if you say no to your routine, you're saying yes to a lot of shit that you don't want to happen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Long well, answer I- on that. No, I love it. It's perfect. It's, uh, I especially love how I'm just going to use my language here, how like divinely orchestrated when you started, you know, giving yourself that discipline may not be the right word, but when you started showing up for yourself by showing, waking up at four 30 and sharing, right? Like that's just you doing the thing that you're called to do that then led to the sparks around you that then led to atomic mornings of business. And then of course the impact that that is having on others. So I I did it on, I did it on weekends too. Like people are like, why would you do it on weekends? Because I was like, well, I've never been up really at four thirty on a Sunday or a Saturday. And I was like, what do I do with this? And it was just like <laughs> all this playtime. Like, why would I? Why would I rob myself of that? And when you go on vacation, people are like, oh, I'm going to sleep in. I'm like, why? You've traveled to this new place. Why would you rob yourself of that sunrise? Like, mm. you'll never regret a sunrise ever. I've never heard anyone say, I woke up and saw the sunrise, and that was shit. Like no one's ever said that. Like no one's ever regretted doing that. No one's ever regretted doing their workout or eating healthy. And that's the thing. I'm trying to teach people that, yeah, the stuff that you're going to feel proud of, you're not going to want to do necessarily. All the stuff that makes you feel shame, you're going to want to do instantly. And then you feel it afterwards. I shouldn't have done that. So this is the, like, here's the, here's the secret is like, I hate waking up early. I don't like it at all. It doesn't feel good. Don't like waking up early. I love what it does for me. And that's Mm -hmm. why I do it. It changed my life. I love what it does for me. It gives me a sense of control in a life where I don't have much of it, but I can wake up early and I can choose to start my day in a very specific way in my own routine. And then I help people create their custom routine that works for them, not for me, but your own thing. And that's, what's fun. Yeah. I love that also the emotional intelligence, you know, byproduct that comes from what, you know, I imagine people see this and go, okay, yeah, I need the accountability. I need the step-by-step routine, like thinking very logically right. about this, about breaking maybe a habit to to have a better outcome. And, and then what they actually get, I love, like, I love thinking about this as like the Trojan horse, right? Like we yeah, get some emotional intelligence in there by talking to their logical mind, their ego thinks it needs this to get there. But mm-hmm. what it, but what the system, the human body mind complex really wants is to be known. Yeah. Right. So the does. emotions want to be known by the person having the emotions and as long as we're in our ego and thinking logically exclusively we're missing this whole world of emotional intelligence or yeah. even you know spiritual divine experiences um and so i love that that, that atomic mornings um 
like Trojan horses that shit in there. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's kind of, it's just those three simple questions, 15 minutes every morning for the whole month. And it's, what are you aware of physically and emotionally? What was your wind down routine like? And what will you be intentional about personally and professionally today? We can find some really cool shit in those 15 minutes that could change your whole day just from mm-hmm. doing that. And so, and it's, again, it's also not about perfection. If you miss a day, that's cool. We're going to do some grace with some fierce accountability. We're going to forgive yourself for doing that. And then we're going to be fierce about it and say like, all right, what am I going to do differently to make sure I don't do that again tomorrow? But like, it's okay if you miss, get it. That's fine. But, and then we try and create a sustainability program afterwards. How are you going to keep this going now that I'm not here? You right. know? And so that's really important too. Some people have just kept doing it for years with me because they just like the morning check-in. They like <laughs> 15 minutes to actually hear themselves talk and hear themselves talk about how they feel and what they'll be intentional about because they hear a lot of wisdom from their own words and clarity that they, that they didn't hear inside. It sounds different in your head than when you say it out loud. You hear all the lies you tell yourself when you say it out loud. Like, Oh man, that doesn't feel good when I say it because that's probably because I'm full of shit. So that's not true. That's a lie. And so they can defuse that. Yeah. Yeah. What are some maybe surprising or unexpected outcomes that you've seen people have? have from this oh man that's the best part is the surprises like i expect them but they never expect them right Um, right like the um the unexpected experiences of like kind of new things happening where it's like man i got up early one day and it's like my daughter and i ended up having this conversation that was just mind-blowing like i thought she just hated me lately (laughs) and like all of a sudden we just had this breakthrough talk or I'm all of a sudden like having more family dinners than I've ever had. You know, I ended up having this opportunity at work in a coaching conversation with somebody that just, I never would have done it that way before. You know, I'm noticing different things on this morning walk that I'm doing and I'm seeing people I've never met before that live near me and, but they happen to be up early and I met this person and now we're going to lunch and it's like, these are these little things. They expect to be more productive at work and they do yeah. expect some more family time and they expect more workouts, but it's these other little things that show up where they're like, that was weird. You know, my dad came to visit and we haven't talked in a while, but like when he came, I got up early and he's also an early guy and we ended up having coffee together and it was just really amazing, you know? And so all these little things that happen and those are the things that just kind of blow my mind. And it really was Ryan in the beginning. Like his was amazing. Like that guy worked nonstop, but he also, because he runs his own company, he can enable his sleeping habits with his company. He can schedule meetings at 11 AM, 12 PM instead of like in the morning. And I remember, you know, his wife told him like, you know, he was like, how many dinners do I make? You know, how many dinners do I, do I actually get to? And she's like, I don't know, two or three. He's like a week. And she's like, no, like maybe a month. He's like, what? You know? And then he realized, he's like, I have this bougie golf membership. I'm not into fancy stuff, but I do. And and I realized I don't golf at all. And I like golf. And so that was one of the big things that came out of it. That's not what he expected to come out of it. But like all of a sudden towards the end of his first 30 days, that guy was barely missing um, dinners. Actually, you know what? Amazing. Here's here's one of the biggest things I'll share before I, I stop it is. People learning to say no. That's the biggest thing. 
people don't realize that they end up learning to say no to stuff. When they were saying yes to everybody else, saying yes to like not taking care of themselves and, and sacrificing their own boundaries, they started learning to say no to people and things that were robbing them of having their morning routine and saying no to early morning calls from work, you know, cause that was one thing with Ryan. I remember happened was all of a sudden his team found out he was waking up early. So they started reaching them out to him early. He's like, no, 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 no. This is my time. Mine. And that's great. Setting boundaries was a huge thing. And people didn't realize how important that was to their lives. People didn't realize how important it was to say no until they started doing this. And that was a big ass thing that came out of it. And so, yeah, allow yourself to have some surprises. Love that. Love that. What, um, sharing your story and the way that you do and, and, you know, um, whether it's the one-on-one work that you're doing or from stage or, you know, when you're inspired at 2 a.m. to make a post and, um, when you share your story, like, what is it that you want for anyone who picks it up, who's tuned mm-hmm. into it? What do you want for them as a result of you sharing your story? Yeah. You're not alone. That's it. It's pretty simple. You're not alone. Yeah. I don't want anyone in this world to feel alone with how they feel ever. And I will share some of the deepest, most personal things I have. So nobody feels alone because I've been there. I was there when I tried to take my own life at 30. You know, I've been in that dark place. I've battled those voices. I still have depression issues, you know, but I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're alone. And that's, that's the bottom line piece of it. I don't care what mistakes you've made in life, what failures you've had, the horrible things that you feel like you've done that are just so unforgivable. You're not alone. It doesn't define who you are. And you don't, No one said that your failures have to be a life sentence. They're not like if you can find a way to forgive yourself because you probably forgive everybody else. Like, who are you not to forgive yourself? I mean, our, our faith tells us God forgives us. So who are we again to like, be like, well, I shouldn't though. You know, it's not, it's not cool. You're not alone with how you feel. I promise you, maybe our stories are different, but I bet our emotions are the same. I felt shame. You've probably felt shame, anger, jealousy, envy, sadness, joy. We all feel them. It's what ties our stories together. The specifics, the facts of the stories may be different, but the emotions we felt very similar. And so even the feeling of being alone can feel that way. Minimizing your story and comparing it to somebody else's does not serve you. I hate it when people are like, well, it's not like I have cancer. It's like, have you had cancer? No. Then what do you compare? How can you compare it to that? All you know is your worst shit. You can have empathy and compassion for somebody else's stuff and you can use it as perspective, but you only know your worst stuff and how that feels. So own it. The best example I remember I I experienced was um, my son when he was like two, like I took a marble from him because he was putting it in his mouth and I'm like, you're going to choke on that. I took that marble from him and you think it was like the worst, it was like literally the worst thing that ever happened to him in his life. Like just devastated that I robbed him of this thing. It's not like I could look at him at two years old and be like, well, it's not like you have cancer. Like it doesn't, you know, and we do that to, we do that to kids when they have your first heartbreak, you know, your heart is shattered. You finally allow yourself to be in love. You're like, this is amazing. I love it. 
and then all of a sudden you're crushed and devastated. And, you're like, ah. and somebody tells you, a well-intentioned adult tells you, hey, you have your heart broken a million other times. It's fine. There's so many other people out there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like this sucks. Like, and we tell people to to just stop feeling. Hey, don't don't minimize it. Don't feel like it's right. going to happen again. No. So sorry, that's a long answer again. But I just want you to know, you're not alone, ever. And if you yeah. think you are, reach out to me. I'll talk to you. I'll listen. Yeah, yeah. I um. What do you think is the primary motivator of this? story that we tell ourselves that I it's like I'm the only one like I'm the only one going through this or no one's as bad as this like I can't tell anybody right that that feeling of being alone um I've certainly had experience with that where shame is sort of that underlying mm -hmm. motivator if you will that, that yeah. has me not want to like be don't, like I just I don't want to bother anyone I don't want to be a burden I also can't like, I don't want anyone to know because I'm very embarrassed about this. And yeah. um, I really do think that from an emotional perspective, shame is the motherfucking motivator for yeah. this idea that, you know, that leads us to desperate scenarios. What are your thoughts on that? First of all, I didn't know we could say fuck. And that's pretty cool. But... <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> uh, no. uh, I like how raw that is but here's the yeah. thing is um, it's the same like I used to say like well for me I feel this way but look I've got enough credibility after working with hundreds of people over the years and thousands of hours of doing this to know that like it's I can speak in the we in a lot of ways yeah. everybody yeah. has a limiting belief voice everybody if you say you don't I don't trust you, you do. I feel unsafe around you uh, but everybody has a voice of limiting belief that tells us, keep your mouth shut. Don't share that with people. We don't open up because it gets us hurt. It's a well-intentioned mm -hmm. voice. It wasn't something you were born with. You inherited it through experiences, through well-intentioned adults telling you what to do in life, how to dress, how to talk, how to show up. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. And you started forming a belief system. And the biggest mm -hmm. reason why people feel like they're alone is, well, they're afraid that if they do open up, they'll be abandoned, they'll be unlovable, and they'll be alone. They'll be truly alone. So they'd mm -hmm. rather just be the alone feeling of how they feel versus like physically alone. But like, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a crowded room and felt like I was completely alone. And that's a horrible feeling. That's hell, is to feel you're alone when you're surrounded by everybody else. That's, that's a real hell. And so... That's the story that I hear is that there's this voice that thinks it's trying to protect you by telling you not to open your mouth and, and share your story because mm -hmm. it's scared. It's scared of the real pain you'll feel if you share that because now everybody knows. Right now you're keeping it to yourself and you can fake it through the world and at least survive. That's the only purpose of that voice is for you to survive. That's it. If you start taking any risks and you start maybe thriving a little bit, it goes, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't do that. If you do that, then we're at risk. We're vulnerable. We could fall. We could lose all the stuff that we got excited about. We could be burned and taken advantage of. There's a reason yeah. we don't do that. And so that's why we keep shit to ourselves. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be shamed. And we've told ourselves this story as to why we do what we do. It's all a lie. I promise. Yeah. It's all yeah, I, a damn lie. 
I mean, I consider that to be the original sin is the lie that we are alone or unlovable or unwanted or undeserving, right, of God's love, uh, much less other like the acceptance of other humans. Like fundamentally at our core, I think we are overcoming mm -hmm. this deep seated belief that is often affirmed through the condition the experiences that we have before we have the ability to like with a sophisticated reasoning while we're still young it sort yeah. of settles in and and then we go through life like hopefully at some point doing some personal development and really confronting those stories yeah. and 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 being willing to be loved being willing to be you know, as fucked up and imperfect and loved as that, you know? Yeah. And so it's terrifying, um, terrifying, yeah, but, but it pays but off the whole point of life. It's, it's whole the point. whole point. If of it life, wasn't terrifying, was everybody would do it. And so, yeah. yeah, you've got to cross through some real fire to experience the best of life. And here's the thing. You can have vulnerability with boundaries or you can just have walls and walls will minimize hurt and being taken advantage of, it'll minimize it. I promise you that, but it also minimizes your joy. So it's got, it's a two way street. You're going to just survive and that's it. Vulnerability with some boundaries, that could be some magic because you're choosing yeah. who to let in, what checkpoints you have, how deep they can go in you, you know, and then how, like, what kind of risks are you willing to take, you know, and being taking, being risky and not reckless. Risky mm -hmm. has an ROI on it. It's got a return on investment. Reckless doesn't have anything that's going to help mm -hmm. you. It's just stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's looking at that and being like, all right, what's it going to cost me if I don't be vulnerable? You know, what will it cost mm -hmm. me if I don't? What it will cost me if I keep living life this way? And mm -hmm. what could it give me? Like if I choose to be, yeah, what's that worth to me? And so that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like your greatest strength will be your ability to be vulnerable because if you're not willing to fail, you're really not willing to succeed mm -hmm. and you're going to be pissed off about your boring life and you're going to bitch about it every day, but you're not going to do anything about it. So mm -hmm. living a safe life is fine. It's okay if you want to do that, but if you're complaining about it, that's a different story. Cause I've, yeah. I've made it very clear with people I work with and friends that like, yeah, you get to vent about it, you know, a couple of times, but after a while, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. You're not willing to do anything about it. Mm. So either mm -hmm. we shouldn't work together until you're ready, or you're going to have to take a look in the mirror and start taking some chances here. And same thing with my friends. I'm like, I love you, but you're telling me the same damn story about the same damn person every single time or the same kind of theme, why you can't be in relationships. And I'm like, until you're ready to like make some changes, I can't hear your stories anymore because it's actually draining me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I love you to mm -hmm. death, but you gotta, you gotta mm -hmm. change the narrative so I can be here mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. You're robbing me of my own damn joy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so on that note, I feel like we're, we have been, and we are like, it's speeding up. We're sort of making our way, evolving ourselves into a new paradigm, a new way of relating to ourselves, to one another, to reality mm. in general. Um, what are your thoughts on this, that occurring, right? The evolution of humanity from this sort of self um, con condemning, right? And, and staying stuck in our stories and just repeating these patterns to, I mean, 
you know, you're a coach, I'm a coach, and there's a lot of lot of coaches in this world that have sort of gone gone through maybe multiple fires, trials and tribulations to to you know awaken as it were on our own, right? So there's a lot of us doing this and then leading mm-hmm. others to do that in in their lives as well. Um, yeah, I, I just I would love to hear what your thoughts are on, and I'm just going to do quote fingers like the new paradigm that we are right. ushering ourselves into, so to speak. Yeah, well, right I at think, a grand scale. I mean, think about it yeah. like zooming out, like no, humanity. No, absolutely. Um, it's we got to a point where people are craving something real. Uh, we stopped enjoying the shiny objects that we saw all the time that make everything look pretty, like on social media. Uh, there's a reason why people started gravitating towards raw and unfiltered videos instead of these professionally made, polished yeah. videos. People were like, I'll, "It's great if the camera shakes a little bit and it's you know the picture's not the best because um, it's real and it's not necessarily scripted." People are craving real, and I think the mm-hmm. biggest experience I had with this was on LinkedIn. I built a whole career from LinkedIn, like. And I did it for nothing. And that was the weirdest platform I thought to do that on. Because at the time when I started doing it, it was still kind of stuffy and Mm business-like. But when I wrote about vulnerability, I saw a starving audience who were like, oh, that's a breath of fresh air. You know? And then other people started saying, well, that's not professional. This isn't Facebook. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Like, professionals' uh, perspective. I'm like... I'm a life coach, damn it. Like vulnerability is my damn business. So that's professional to me. You sell copiers. So we have a different view on what professional is. But people were craving values and hearing real stuff because it united us. It brought us together. This is a lonely world. There are a lot of us out there, but people started realizing how damn lonely they are. And then they realized that our stories bring us together. They create community. They create connection. COVID did that too. We all got put into a good three-month timeout globally, you know, during 2020. It was a, one of the first times I've ever experienced and my grandparents and probably our great-grandparents ever experienced where the entire world knew what was going on. You could call anyone in any part of the world. And they would be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in quarantine also. Like, I'm in lockdown. It was such a weird situation. And we felt alone. And you saw humans finding creative ways to connect with each other. We had to think outside the box. We can't meet in person for the birthday party, but we can drive by and throw gifts on the driveway and keep going and honk the damn horn. You know, yeah. we can go see our new grandson and wave at him through the window. I had a client that went through that and it was heartbreaking, but they found a way. Like they found a way to connect. We crave that. We're not meant to be alone. And so, yeah, I think COVID accelerated that paradigm. It was already happening. And now you can go on LinkedIn and vulnerability is everywhere. And vulnerability has also become a marketing technique too. Like, oh, look at me. I'm being vulnerable. Um, But like, you know, there's there's some real things behind it. Vulnerability is about sharing a story for a purpose that's bigger than you and sharing a lesson that was learned. And like, for me, it's like, Hey, here's, a, here's something I went through. And then here are the things I learned from it. And here are the gifts I want to give you from that story. Not just about like, Hey, this is what I went through. Oh. Like, you know, there's a purpose. There's, there's an actual 
thing that's bigger than me about it. That's not just about business. Yeah, it's my business, but also I'm doing it because yeah. that's part of who I am is to serve others. And I would do yeah. this job for free if I could. Yeah. But you know what? It's mm -hmm. okay for me to charge for it too because mm -hmm. it's my gift mm -hmm. and people out there need it. And the thing that they'll get from it is value. And if mm -hmm. I can help you solve the thing that you've been struggling with for 10 years or longer, that's worth it. Like that is mm -hmm. worth it. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, you should be able to charge for that. You should be able to charge for any of your gifts. But yeah, we don't want to be alone. And COVID definitely, definitely taught us that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that COVID was, uh, you know, a gift um, that did show us. It, it was one of these gifts that was, you know, at times very difficult and very heartbreaking. And there was a lot of loss involved in that. But like the phoenix that rises from the ashes, what we also learned, to your point, is that we can be creative and connected, even if we don't have that, the seeming freedoms that we yeah. think we need in order to feel connected. But you're right. It also created for a lot of people like deeper mm, sense of aloneness. But again, so it's like. Well, you can stay in that or you can look at that and do something to alter the trajectory of yeah. those emotions or whatever it is, right? We're against the wall and we could either choose to live in fear or faith. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people well, are just like, I'm going to find a way. And those were mm -hmm. the two choices we had when we were alone in our homes. It was like, I can either live in faith or fear. I have yeah. no control in this situation, I'm telling myself, but I can control what I do in these four walls. I can figure something out. I'll find a way to connect. I almost died of COVID. Like it almost took my ass out. And that was at the, the end of 2020. And I spent Christmas in critical care in Austin. I remember that. And like, I remember the entire battle. I remember like being on the verge of a ventilator and also having two discs in my neck also herniated and pinching my spinal cord. Like this was hell. I documented the whole damn thing and I've kept it to myself over the time from the first hospital visit to like my last day with um, home oxygen care because I had to have a machine with me for two weeks after the hospital. But that thing taught me also how to appreciate and how to be creative and how to connect. Like, you know, my family sent me like a, a, a gift bag of stuff for Christmas and a rolling suitcase that the nurses brought up for me and I celebrated you know, Christmas that way. And it was beautiful. And you know what? Like I stopped feeling so sorry for myself as I'm in this like ward where people are dying every day, you know, and I have a suitcase full of presents and I'm like, man, I'm doing all right. You know? And I also realized too, the perspective I got from all of it, where we're not alone in this world is this isn't a new concept of being alone and being unsure and unknown about your loved ones or seeing them. Right. The people who serve our country go through that every friggin' day. Like we have families that have men and women, you know, uh, that are in the service and they don't know where they are and they can't always tell you where they are. And you don't know if they're going to be able to come home. You know what kind of danger is happening? This isn't a new concept, but we right. all got some perspective by being put into it. And that really humbled my ass too. While I was still in that hospital and I was throwing myself a pity party that day. But I used all of my work with my values and my morning routines to save my life to get out of that hospital, along with all mm -hmm. the work that the nurses and doctors were doing and the medicine they were giving me 
I didn't look for magic pills. I used all of my tools to make that medicine work really good for me. And now my lungs are stronger than they were before. It did some funky stuff to my brain, but like, hey, Mm. I lived and I'm still here and I'm singing and I'm hiking mountains. Like, and I have a new perspective on shit and I've got a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap this one up. But um, anything we didn't touch on that you feel is pertinent to, to share in this conversation at the moment? Jeez. No, I think we covered it all. I'm chatty as fuck. So like, it's, I think we covered it. You feeling good about this? I'm feeling good about this. I've had a good. blast. Good, good, good. Me too. Me too. I love your energy. And um, I, uh, again, I really appreciate all your sharing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, I can't not share. I mean, that's where yeah. let's get naked came from, you yeah. know, it's just like, it's, it's design this conversation. Um, when I imagined it was okay, this, I want it to be real. A, I want mm-hmm. it to be raw. Nothing that we like before we came on camera, we just did a minute of like, okay, we good. He's good. I hear you. Yeah, I see it. you. Okay. Let's, let's roll. Um, and I, I just wanted to be a, um, an opportunity for us to, who are in a similar, but different space, right? Similar yeah. in as much as we are here to lift up others through our voice, our yeah. voice, our presence, or whatever we're up to. Right. And so, yeah, that's, uh, I feel like we did that. So I'm no, really happy I think about we did this. Great. I have that speaking gig. Like this is really big for me is that the, the event that I put in my bio, the, speaking at the gathering, that's the one my first morning client runs. And okay. So yeah, like, say something about that. I'll put it yeah. in the show notes, but please say something. Perfect. So I have an amazing honor that I'm going to be speaking at in October, the 23rd through the 25th of this year. It's called the gathering. And the gathering summit is like one of the most magical events I've ever been to. And it's, it's hard to describe. You almost have to go there to get it, but it's in Banff, Canada, one of the most gorgeous places on the planet. If you don't know it, look it up, look up Lake Louise, look up Banff. It's amazing. But we go to this castle, the Fairmont Springs, and there in that castle, they've brought in some of the top chief marketing executives, CEOs and leaders of some of the biggest brands on the planet, you know, like Spotify, ESPN, McDonald's, Uno, like the Lakers, like all of these different brands. And these people are sharing their personal stories and their company stories about how they built these great brand cult followings because they have great cultures. And they also have other speakers there too that have, uh, that are either motivational speakers. Sometimes they're, um, poets. Um, but I was blessed to be invited to, to speak at this, this year, um, this coming year's gathering, and this will be year 11 for them. And there's going to be a new format to it. The best way to describe it is like if Ted talks and South by Southwest had a kid, they would have this, they would have the gathering. And so I cannot wait to speak at this thing. There are some amazing people who attend it. There'll be a link in my, uh, in, in the marketing that they share here that you can go to the website and check out the event itself. I hope you come. It'll literally change your life. Yeah, that's amazing. I love your passion. Um, And I I can only imagine the amount of 
like energy and passion and information that will all be conveyed there. Sounds like it is going to be amazing. It's ridiculous because you know <laughs> it's a good event because the speakers that fly in for this, they stay for all of it. They want to listen to their peers speak also. Mm-hmm. And then they're there mingling with the crowd. Like they're there and you're there talking with them and chatting and it's just like they're home. And that's the whole mm-hmm. point. We don't do sales pitches to them. And the people who attend are usually people who spoke in the past too. Like mm-hmm. it is unbelievable to to speak with these people but they're just regular folks and you'll hear their stories that they're just as insecure as we are and so it's awesome and i and i love that and so there's a sense of great vulnerability at it and no egos allowed so yeah that Mm -hmm. event was life-changing and it just feels like it's one of the best kept secrets out there um because yeah you're experiencing the beautiful mountains and of alberta and you're also experiencing just the epic magic that this thing brings Love it. Love it. Cool. All right. Well, maybe we'll circle back after that and you can come back and tell us all about it. I hope so. That'd be great. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Take care.